Warning, this episode contains foul language and stories about suicide, kidnapping, and drugs. listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and a little jingly belly and everything in between. Because it's Christmas, get it everybody? Each week we sit down with a guest or just each other and we talk about something weird. And this week, we do indeed have a guest. That's right, this episode is just one part of three that make up our season Christmas finale. And we were visited by some very special Christmas spirits. And you are all in luck because every moment was captured right here on our audio. You are about to hear our experience with some monstrous mysteries. We talked with a beautiful, creative, witty, and clever young lady named Blair Gorman. It was absolutely our pleasure to welcome her back and speak with her and learn about some dark and unsolved bizarre tales involving the monsters of Christmas past. So grab some hot cocoa and join us, won't you? My name is Lauren, and this is my co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. Jingle jangle, weirdos. <laughs> like, how can we add any more weird Christmas words? I know. Here's the thing. I This just came to me. In this scenario, you know, listeners, you're about to be visited by three ghosts. Are we Marley and Marley? <gasps> oh my god, we are. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's totally that's a, us. We should have spoken that way the entire episode. That was we a really should have, um, guys. Uh, that was a, a really good Muppet Christmas Carol joke. And if you didn't get it, you need to rent that immediately. Oh my gosh! Immediately, one of the best. It's the second best, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, retelling of a Christmas Carol. First being Scrooged. Oh, I do love Scrooge. I think Muppets is number one for me, but man, you just unlocked the memory of Scrooge. That's real great. We watch it every Christmas Eve. It is my all-time favorite. I cry every time. This episode was so fun. We get to catch up with Blair. We get to ask her a few listener questions about the animation world, and then she gets to bring us three crazy, suspicious, and funny unsolved mysteries. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Hi, Blair. Hello. Hello, Hello, Blair. (laughs) Blair, you came on the show in 2018. You were on season two, episode three and four, titled Lifestyles of the Rich and Suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite title, I think, of all time, Yachts Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost Down in History (laughs) is one of the best episode titles we've ever had. Yeah, they were essentially our weird Hollywood episodes and also the birthplace of Spashella Fox, which is also one of my favorite Lauren moments. Oh, Lord, (laughs) it was the whiskey or whatever was in that punch was like a rum punch. Putting a spell on me. (laughs) That was so fun. That was a blast. That's still one of my favorite episodes. Any life updates since then? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I got a new kitten. If anyone follows me after this, you'll have tons of uh content to catch up on i'm happy cat to content. send any cat videos that you'd like uh so that's basically my life other than work just two texas in a house one xl one xs and it's uh <laughs> it's a dream really <laughs> <laughs> and you are still working what studio do you work for well for a while i was still working for stupid buddy which does robot chicken and my yes. new job at the same time so it's somehow doing two full-time jobs in quarantine but uh, i had to let stupid buddy go for now honestly like it was hard it was sad because it's been five years and i'm sad to not be on this season but uh the fact that i can start paying off some debt is a delight uh i'm with apartment d right now which is funny because my apartment that i moved into is apartment d oh oh my gosh it's pretty that's uh what's that called uh synchronicity yes no wait serendipity yeah serendipity one of those one of those both of those or probably both there's a 
little bit, you know, there's both in there. But that's, uh, that's my friends that I've met at Stupid Buddy started a small stop motion company. So we've been doing stuff with Mattel, like kind of new innovative stuff for Barbie and American Girl and this band called Ninja Sex Party. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and then a new Starburns pilot that I probably can't really talk about, but it's going to be pretty great. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Sounds very yeah. cool. Yeah, speaking of animation, we did have a couple questions sent in. Yeah. We got two from Sarah Mosier. Do you know mm. Sarah Mosier? Oh, my God. Yes, I love Sarah. Holy okay, shit. Okay, so I figured you had to, judging by part two of this question. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so, dear. <laughs> part one, what is the biggest challenge facing the animation world right now? And part two, does real Coco Pelli have a huge wang? <laughs> And I assume <laughs> that you know what she's referencing. You better oh, know what that's all God. about. Yes, I sure do immediately. <laughs> you can answer in any order you oh, choose. Oh, boy. I guess I'll just, you know, animation, like, I actually think, of course, there are challenges right now, but with how everything in production has been suffering throughout quarantine, although now it's considered essential work, which is odd, um, it's actually really great to see the animation industry adapt because you don't need to be filming True. live people in person. So it's it's actually interesting to see all the freelancers and companies figure out ways to still kind of keep this afloat. And I've seen some productions actually really thrive in this type of environment instead. Uh, but stop motion has definitely suffered. Uh, I, everyone I've worked for and talked to has still been able to make things happen, but you do have to animate in person. So we really, yeah. like the company I'm at now, Apartment D, it's just a small group of like people our age that are really good at what they do. And they kind of mastered COVID protocols that other stop mo companies took upon themselves. They they made a lot of like safety decisions and kind of cutbacks on timing with people in different places. And, just kind of like reworking the gears of the machine. <laughs> and yeah. it's it seems to be great. Like we haven't had any any outbreaks at all. We've had not That's one person. amazing. Yeah, that is awesome. I do like, I, I hope that if there's anything good that comes out of COVID, it is that some businesses, like obviously stop motion, you can't work around it. You have to be there in person. Right. But like things like, for example, Lauren, um, yesterday, yeah, yesterday she had a, you know, a Zoom meeting with our tax guy. Mm -hmm. And Ooh. it's just one of those things where it's like, why would you ever do it in person again? Right. I know. It's let's like, just never go this back. This has been an option the whole time and you could just upload documents <laughs> and email them over. Like, why am I coming to your office? Office. I know but even for him you've got to like maybe it was something that like he always wanted to do but now it's like see I've proved that it's possible right. and so easy and convenient for both of us yes, like totally. why would we do it way? any other way I yeah wouldn't, I wouldn't mind I hope my next job is work from home I really do I would love to work with my cats and Animal Crossing all day <laughs> like it's so much better yeah, there are benefits and there are setbacks from working at home because like for me, I get really sort of I have I 100% have ADHD and I'm very excited <laughs> to be officially diagnosed in January when Yay. I get a doctor. Um, but I, I do find it very hard to but I also here's the thing when I'm in an office, I also feel that way because I just like to play with my friends. Mm -hmm. yep. yes. Then yes. you just want to socialize. I'm just exact. bad at jobs. <laughs> I'm bad at working. I'm bad at work. Well, we shouldn't have to have our whole lives based on our jobs. It's just capitalism that has made it this way. Just... So you're actually a very normal, wonderful, creative person, and it's society that sucks. Truth. <laughs> Speak the I truth, Blair. Keep that recording and play it for myself every night before I go to bed. Seriously, yes, the calm app. It's a good I do reminder. It to... The second question, I should just. I just I... Oh yeah, big wang. I know that Sarah's gonna to text me if i don't answer it um yeah he's he's got nothing to worry about <laughs> what is real coco pelli yeah fill us in uh <laughs> coco pelli is uh if you look if you just look at any of the new bug main stuff that we have especially twitter we're more active like on twitter um uh -huh. he released a new album which you can see my art on the cover it's very lovely uh and there is a well, multiple songs now about this Coco Pelli figure. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much because you kind of you have to go on a journey with it. Okay, like, that's I fair. don't. Yeah, I don't want to like. We taint, have to learn. I don't want to taint story. you. You have to start off and be blessed by the Coco Pelli. Okay. Is this a There's real a whole, person though? It's yes. It's uh, that she's referencing. Yes. 
Okay. And he's Coco Pelly bug main. Great, great. He's great. a well endowed person. <laughs> okay. Good. Or that's all. Or we ethereal need to figure. Know. You know. Or who knows? Figure. Who knows what this is about? <laughs> I mean, we're into it. We're excited. We have one other question. Our listener Addie Reif wrote in, and she said that Robot Chicken was her college go-to. Like, Aww. Amen. Me too. Yay. And um, she wanted to know what the creative process of an episode of that show was, sort of. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, there's so many steps to this, but I know that the writers, they have a lot of the same writers come back, so they're very comfortable with each other's, like, cadence and everything and taste. Yeah, process. But they do try to bring in new writers. Like, they will accept blind applications, so you do, you write something and you send it in blind, and they will then, after they sort through a couple rounds of that, then they will kind of, like, flip it over and see who that is and contact them. So we tried to have new voices in every season mm. some some people do stick around and it's it's definitely getting more balanced i've seen more women in the last few years and That's people cool. more our age too so it's it's a nice mixture now and so they'll do that and then there's a oh there's a long process for cuts because if you've ever seen robot chicken you know that it's they're very short little skits and yeah. sometimes they'll they'll holler back to each other but it's a lot of fast-paced completely different completely different skits like we don't we're not really like with most shows reusing sets environments in any way so you have to make all new stuff for everything you can repurpose stuff but like we you know you really have to scale it down and it takes a long time because you don't you don't want to cut out all this fun stuff but between between just what's realistic and what adult swim you know like the big boys will approve the network you do have to go through a lot of cuts and that does a lot come from the puppet department, which is what I was specializing in because it's, it takes time to make these things or to alter existing things. It's, it takes a lot of time and resources and man hours and it's and chemicals and everything like it's, it's a lot of starting big and condensing, but once we have the script locked down uh, puppets at least starts with making armatures, which is the skeletons, and then we build the bodies of anything on top of that out of silicone And then or you foam. send your friends like me pictures yes. of the dolls naked <laughs> so I can see their tiny little pee-pee. We do a lot of times make pee-pees, but we have to cut off the nipples. We can't have nipples. What's that about? Okay, sure. Yeah, that Fine. makes sense. I get it's it. crazy. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I don't understand. And they put so much detail into the wieners, but on actual like tv we have to they have to blur it out so like all yeah. of our detail painters will paint like little veins and do a gloss coat and oh they just can't God. see it. <laughs> it's um, crazy but you'll have yeah, to send me one that i can uh i don't i don't know if there's like one that i can legally show maybe like secretly on our patreon page like you have to pay to see these tiny wings <laughs> yes i'm sure i have something because now the last season i was on has fully come out so i'm sure i have some oh, like yeah. some so stuff i allowed. I also somewhere I have they made a doll or not doll oh my god I'm tired they made a they made a puppet of me and put me in the background of a sketch no way ended up being like a kind of a side character but I mean I wasn't doing the voice but like you can clearly see that that is me being like a badass high school kid smoking in the bathroom and stuff that is so cool I love that definitely a highlight it was a good send off. Stop motion is crazy. People need to, you guys, like, if you're not familiar with how stop motion works, definitely look into it. It's a nuts process. Out of all the types of animation I've worked with, it's definitely the most detailed, most hardworking people, most talented people. And you have to have lots, so much patience. Of, yeah, lots of patience. Oh my God. Who, I don't know how the animators do that. Yeah. <laughs> really don't. It's pretty incredible. It's a throwback to the 80s special effects guys. Where it's like every single thing has to be built. There's no like CGI that you can, I mean, there are tricks that you can do, but like everything has to be designed and built and functioning and then you can shoot it. Yeah, there's no easy way out. And now Mm -hmm. there's these company, these uh, CGI companies that are trying to emulate the look of stop motion and like the weight of it, (laughs) the movement of it. And it's really maddening. Like, please try to support stop motion community there's there's a lot of us we all it's it's definitely as family like everyone ends up kind of meeting each other i feel like overall but they definitely support us there's a lot of cool stuff out there yes yes go down the stop motion rabbit hole 
Yeah, I could watch it forever. I do. Do you guys remember the episode of Parks and Rec where, um, <laughs> where he's obviously depressed? I know the when Ben does the stop stand <laughs> in the place, place where, where you, you yeah. and that's it. And then, and then would a depressed ends. person make this? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I worked on that for five days, and he's like, um, I compared yeah. it to Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't do a bad job. It was pretty good. No, it was really good. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, uh, when we were chatting about what you could bring us today, you said you'd really been uh, binging some Unsolved Mysteries. So what better way to celebrate that amazing program than bringing us a bonkers mystery? Oh, boy. it's. I'm sad that they never covered it. I'm really upset that I don't think they ever covered it. Who needs them when you've got keep it weird? That's true. If Robert Stack isn't involved, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Love that man forever. Uh, So I do have three stories for you, but, you know, all the meat's going to come from this main one. Yes. That uh, is called three different names for it. So if you're looking it up, you can dive down any of these holes. The Glico Morinaga incident or the Metropolitan Designated Case 114. (laughs) Oh, wow. Or... The Monster with 21 Faces, which is really Kaijin Nijuichi Menzo, which literally means like Phantom with 21 Faces. Well, dive down those holes, guys. Oh, boy. It's that deep. last name is spooky <laughs> and fun. I know, right? <laughs> There's a lot of that. You'll have a lot of like very mystical sounding names throughout this story. <laughs> Lauren, they're foreign. Oh, that's why. <laughs> they're foreign. It's exotic. <laughs> That's why I love it so much. <laughs> You're like, is this Mordor? <laughs> no, it's Asia. <laughs> it's, those are the only options. <laughs> okay. This I is. have, um, just FYI, Blair sent us a ton of pictures. I have them pulled up and ready for your reference, and we will post these on our Facebook group as well. Oh, good. Yes, I'm glad that I could provide that. It'll all make sense soon. I'm sure you looked at them like, what does any of this have to do with anything (laughs) I just kind of glanced at them because I didn't want to ruin the magic. So I am so ready. Okay. uh, I'm going to start with the timeline. If you want to go off on a tangent, just break right in because I'm I'm just going to keep on going here. It does start in the 80s, which we were just talking about. March 18th, 1984. The events began with a kidnapping in Nishinomiya. Oh, I always get that one wrong. Yeah, Nishinomiya, Japan, outside of Kyoto. And the first part of this is going to revolve around a name you're not going to recognize, but a delicious snack food that you will. Oh, love it. So, man named Katsuhisa Izaki, who is the head of Glico, which you would know because Paki, the traveler's friend, very delicious yes. treat that we all enjoy. Wish- and Pocky, for anyone who doesn't know, is like, it's almost like a long cookie stick dipped in chocolate, right? There's other or flavors, but that's, kinds. yeah, there's, that's like the main one that but everyone The chocolate knows. was the bomb. The chocolate was the yeah, bomb, was really literally the main shtick, and they're very thin, they're very small, very small little, yeah. little sticks, and uh, so they, they have a lot of different things, but that's like the main thing everybody knows. So he's the head of that company, it's been a family company, he's the president, he's the head, he's doing great. He and his family having a great time. He goes home from work one night and gets into his bath. He loves taking baths. Who doesn't? But that night was a night of terror for him and his family. A group of armed and masked people break into the house next door to his, where his mother actually lived. And they bind her up and they take the key that's in there to his house. And then they go into his house and uh, they cut the phone lines find his wife and kids, and tie them up. He's in the bath and doesn't hear any of this. No. Doesn't hear any of it. Oh, man. He's just having a great time. And He's then just relaxing, sudden, enjoying just the relaxing. bubbles. relaxing. Oh, probably. I hope there were fucking bubbles. But they drag him out. They literally bust in the door and drag him out of the bath. He, They kind of like let him go get some clothes, but he's stumbling around. So they're like, no, you're just coming with us. And they take him naked Ooh. to this flood control warehouse. It's real small. It looks like a little shack. Uh, it's you, that's in the pictures I sent you. It's closer to the Glico headquarters. And one weird thing to note about this already is that Japan is definitely known for having extremely tough gun laws. It's not like here at all, like for civilians to even own guns. It's usually like passed down through the family or special circumstance. It's not 
at all I care. Yeah. Where you can just get them at Walmart. Yes. Like, I can't even believe that you can still get guns at Walmart, by the way. Oh, yeah. But oh, you can, it's, it's so not wild. like that there. And the fact that this group of criminals all had multiple large firearms mean probably, like, it really indicates they're very serious and probably well-organized criminals. Mm-hmm. So that's not good. That would be terrifying. I'm sure like that was really scary for many reasons, but that probably was the cherry on top for them. They after they kidnap him and they tie him up in there, no one knows where he is, no one knows what's going on. They demand a ransom of the equivalent now. I tried to do the calculations. Uh 4.3 million dollars. Damn. What? Yeah. And they wanted it, they didn't just want it in yen, they also wanted it in gold bullion, which is gold bars. So they're just like purposely making this more difficult. <laughs> yeah. I just saw that line from uh, Rush Hour where he's like, who do you think you got? Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and I almost said it. And then I was like, no one's going to know what that is because it's 2020. I wondered but why you on. were doing a soft giggle. I was like, <laughs> I was she's laughing, to myself. laughing at herself over there. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> I like I'm so that. sorry. Go on. No, do not be sorry ever about mentioning Russia. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the outtakes in that movie, Jackie Chan taught us all how to make a circle and a square at the same time with your hands. If you just YouTube it, you can learn how to do all these weird like tricks with your hands. It's fun. Yes, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan rules. Anyway, three days later, he escapes from that shack by loosening the rope and kicking down the door. And he flags down some railway workers. It's kind of under this weird train bridge. And the way that that happened, it was so easy that they were kind of suspicious that they had purposely left the opportunity for him. Never really figured this out, but it seemed like with the rest of the story that that ransom, the money, isn't really the purpose here whatsoever. In fact, none of the Mm. drops or anything that you're going to hear about, none of them actually happened. None of the money actually made it to the people. And it was mostly by the fault of the own people. So hmm. I don't think that really had anything to do with anything other than just a manipulation tactic. Things get a lot weirder after this. The police and Glico and other other similar companies, news media, they start receiving letters from someone or someones called the Monster of 21 Faces. That's how they sign everything. Yikes. And to t- before it even that, Monster of 21 Faces, terrifying name, very scary, very monstery. It actually comes from something a lot less scary than you'd expect. It's definitely referencing these, what would you call it? The Boys Detective Club. It's like a mystery, old school like mystery fiction. Yes, or, yes. There you go. That's Japanese what I'm looking for. Yeah. So this guy, Taro Hirai, who's also known as Edogawa Rampo, he was like the trailblazer in this booming genre at the time of Japanese mystery fiction. I think it was like right after World War II. That was really big. It's very like Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. Uh, and like very kind of flowery, fantastical stories. And there's a recurring villain named The Fiend with 20 faces. So it's clearly like a one-up of that. And they, gotcha. they, they kind of reference it, like side-eye reference it a few times. Like clearly they were a fan of that. And I think yeah. they put pictures out as well. Uh, but they start getting all these letters, over 100 by the time this is over. And first one was on April 8th, 1984. And it says... To the stupid police. Are you idiots? What are you doing with so many people? If you were pros, you would catch us. Because you have such a high handicap, we're going to give you some hints. The kidnapping wasn't an inside job. There weren't any of us within the police. The car we used was gray. We bought our food at Dai Supermarket. If you want to earn more, put an ad in the newspaper. If you can't catch us after this much info, you guys are just thieves of the taxpayer's money. Should we also kidnap the head of prefectural police? Signed, the monster with 21 faces. Oh my god. Ooh. Very so spooky. Z- it's like Zodiac. Yes. Yeah. yeah like Zodiac, Ripper, Unabomber. Time. Lots of taunts and clues this whole time. It really is just about that, like being the puppet master. They demanded like odd tasks with financially or personally embarrassing or humiliating consequences. They would put weird objects everywhere, like a jug of hydrochloric acid and a threatening note addressed to Izaki where they were found like under a weird bridge kind of in the middle of nowhere. And there were also multiple fires started at Glico facilities that really clearly led to arson. It was it didn't seem like it was any sort of electrical problem or anything as it ended up burning three company vehicles and then multiple buildings 
Um, then they got phone calls harassing them for more money and just kind of like laughing and hanging up. Hmm. At one point, there's even part of why I think it's a group and not just one guy is that one of the phone calls, which I heard, I'll get you the link somewhere, is a little boy making the call. And it sounds like he's reading from a script, but not under duress in any way. It yeah, it's sound, probably just like yeah. a kid in the street that they were like, we'll give you this $20 bill if you read this. He's like, or sure. a son, maybe a son. Or oh, a son, a child yeah. Or it's a family, you know? Like no. a lot of crime, like the Yakuza and stuff is usually like built on a family kind of hierarchy. So yeah. maybe it's similar to that. I have no idea. We'll never know. We're never going to know. <laughs> and the shit just hits the fan after this. It's still 1984. It's only May. This all happens very quickly. Oh, my God. The monster sends more letters to the news media announcing they'll be lacing Glico products scattered about different stores throughout Japan. I think it was like five or six prefectures with potassium cyanide. I think you've talked about that on your show before. It smells like almonds, tastes kind of bitter, very scary, very, very scary. And at this point, no physical evidence was ever found of that. So I think the point was to have all those shops trash all those products. They immediately pulled a bunch off shelves just in case and it caused their stock to super plummet. And I was looking at it that all together in that fiscal year, they lost around $130 million in today's oh, money. Wow. That's just in sales. And they have to lay off. I saw different numbers anywhere between 450 to 1,000 workers oh, just in their man. Japan factories. Man. And that's just nuts. Uh, so they seemed pleased with the result of that. And they ended up sending a kind of ceasefire letter. That was a little more goofy. It was in June, I think. Yeah, June 26, 1984. It says, To our fans throughout Japan, we're satisfied. The president of Glico has already gone around with his head down long enough. We would like to forgive him. In our group, there's a four-year-old. Every day he cries for Glico. <laughs> like, what's what are you talking about? What? So dramatic. <laughs> That's so dramatic. Every day he cries for Glico. He cries for Glico. He cries. We also haven't eaten it for a long time. We used to eat it all the time. It's a drag to make a kid cry because he's deprived of the candy he loves. Then why are you doing I this? I <laughs> Proving a point. You know what? <laughs> what could happen? You could just not do this. You could not do and it at all. you could eat it all then you, you want. you can have it whenever you want. <laughs> Anytime. It's literally like one of the biggest, most widespread snacks throughout, not even just Japan. Many yeah. places. Many just places in the whole world. Around. Here even. It's crazy. It would be great if we could forgive Glico so the supermarkets could sell their products again. Japan has gotten terribly hot and humid, so when our work is done, we want to go to Europe, Geneva, Paris, London. We will be in one of these places. Enjoy your trip. The police have done a good job. Hang in there, and don't give up. Even Sherlock Holmes couldn't beat us. The monster with 21 faces. The police's European tour. Let's go to Europe and catch the monster with 21 faces. Let's bring Pocky, the traveler's friend. Delicious Glico products. We're eating them too. See you in January of next year. Signed, the monster with 21 faces. <laughs> what oh, are you talking oh, about? What is happening, oh guys? My. Just, that, they went off me? the rails a little bit. <laughs> they went off the rails. They sure did, but they really did leave Glico alone. It okay. moved on. They moved on to someone else. No one is really sure what they did to anger the monster or what they did to earn their forgiveness. There's a lot of newspaper articles like, okay, well, um, I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah. They, but at least they were true to their word. They're honest criminals. Uh, but they were far from finished. They didn't go to Europe and they didn't even take much of like any kind of break or repose. I think it was even just a few days later, they ended up targeting six other Japanese food companies which the, hell? the two you would really know is Moringa, which uh, does haichu. Okay. Oh, haichu yeah. before, that, mm-hmm. that kind of like chewy candy. And then Marudai, uh, I think they're mostly known for instant curries that are, I remember they're pretty good. But they also make that drink Ramun. Okay. Yeah, like that. Japanese soda. Uh, it's delicious. Yeah. It's quite okay, delicious. Okay. So June 28th, uh, yeah, that was two days later. June 28th, the Marudai company... Unlike Glico, they agreed to pay the ransom, but they were going to set up a police sting, obviously. An undercover cop dressed as a Marudai, uh, like, worker took, I think it was $60,000 equivalent on a series of tasks to the drop point. This this very much seems like a, an episode of some sort of mi- crime mystery show. Uh, yeah. they, he has to, like, board a train from Osaka to Kyoto and then look for the drop-off point, which is marked by these little white flags 
and toss it off the train at that stop and never look back. He never saw the flags, so I think they're just like toying with him. Again, the money isn't really the factor here. Uh But we finally sort of have a suspect, and he's called the Fox-Eyed Man. Another creepy name. Love it. Does he call himself that? No, because we have no idea who he is (laughs) at all. Still? He he spotted this man on the train when he was on his way. Uh, I think he got on the same stop as him, and he just felt him staring him down the whole time. And he Uh. had very creepy eyes. It looked like a fox. That's why they called him that. And he got off at Kyoto and then immediately hopped on a train back to Osaka. So that's super creepy and weird. Very sus. The cops there tried to catch him, but he just immediately, they lost him immediately. They never saw him again. Very weird. So these uh, drawings that you sent us, those are that's the fox-eyed man, I yes. assume. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I just saw the little title. That's and the any of these suspects, man. they could still be the same person. We there's They call right. them multiple things, but it's probably the same guy or at least like maybe his brother. It, it definitely seems like all these people are very connected to each other. So fall, a little bit later, they have a little bit of a break, but in fall, uh, they target Moringa, or Morinaga, excuse me, uh, the same deal with extortion and all that. I think this is like $500,000 this time, or suffered the consequences, which is very mysterious. Who knows? <laughs> they refuse to comply, though. They were a little badasses about it. So then they got one of the last letters I have an example of here. This one's really cute. It says, To moms throughout Japan. In autumn, when appetites are strong, sweets are really delicious. When you think sweets, no matter what you say, it's Morinaga. And that was one of their taglines. Oh, <laughs> We've added some special flavor. The flavor of potassium cyanide is a little bitter. Oh, God. It won't cause tooth decay, so buy the sweets for your kids. We've attached a notice on these bitter sweets that they contain poison. We've put 20 boxes in stores from Hakata to Tokyo, signed monster with 21 faces oh lord this is like the joker it really is like the joker though i didn't even think of that poison and like hairspray and makeup and you see all like the news people like raggedy because they Mm -hmm. can't put any makeup on (laughs) it's very and there's always like the there's more pictures i didn't send you of just like cops rushing around and everyone rushing around looking busy and scared and it's it's absolutely bonkers there's so and there's so much I'm not even covering. Like they did a lot. They sent a lot of letters and did a lot of little things, but these are just the craziest ones. So they sent that letter in October and it was illuminating those details of the poison candy, but it wasn't an empty threat. They actually did poison boxes of candy. And I think there were 20 of them that they wrote or not wrote, they typed on this very rare typewriter. So they were really trying to use that to track him down. Didn't work out. It said, danger contains poison. You'll die if you eat this. The Ugh. monster of 21 faces. And they did find them. It took a few months, but they found them all. And they were warned that they would, they actually intended to release more, but without labels and in higher quantity. I was going to say, it seems as though they didn't actually want to harm anyone. Yeah, because no. of the warnings. Yeah, they really, like they were willing to, to take the risk. Panic. Yeah. So yeah. they just really wanted to create chaos and just kind of make a name for themselves while remaining mysterious. Yes, it's they really did a good job, though. I mean, it worked out really well. Seriously. And they, but they, they stopped when things got hairy, when it seemed like it was really sad for one guy, and then they move on. Like, it's very strange, like, what they have sympathy for. Like, they, they actually, it ends up getting even weirder with that. They They do have one other suspect, and then, let's see, yeah. They do have security footage of a man placing candy on a shelf, which I sent you pictures of. That's enhanced, and it's already shitty quality that you're getting. But it was even shittier than that. They just yeah. bought this weird guy putting this poison candy on on the shelf. They probably think it's a fox-eyed man, but they never located it. Like, the police were really distraught over this. One of the heads of the police in one of the prefectures ended up killing himself after this. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, and they not just killing himself, he poured gasoline on himself and lit himself on fire. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. I mean, if there's That's anything brutal. the Japanese do well. It's true, yeah. It's dra- <laughs> dramatic suicide. Dramatic suicide. And it really, really worked. Like there's they it really got more attention to the case, which yeah. it seemed like what they wanted. But it also seemed like they felt bad after that, which I think I will get to in the last letter shortly. They after 
after they spotted that last suspect, they had a few other instances. Uh, they saw maybe, him maybe one more time in a uh, sedan. He said, yeah, Subaru, excuse me. Oh, my God, a Subaru with a gold <laughs> hat kind of covering his face and very obvious, like, headphones plugged into a police receiver so he could okay. listen to different police radios. But when they tried to chase him, he somehow immediately got away. Oh. Don't know how. They they tried to arrest. I think the guy that ended up killing himself tried to arrest a suspect, but they couldn't do more than detain him because it he really had an airtight alibi. But this guy, his name is Manabu Miyazaki, uh, did have ties to the Yakuza. He was like a one of the heads of the Yakuza's sons. And he is now an author. He has an interesting book called Topomono Outlaw, Radical, Suspect, My Life in Japan's Underworld. The longest name for a book ever. And did Very he ever long. admit to doing any of this or no? No, which is interesting too. I really, I don't think it can be him because it's, apparently his alibi is airtight. But the statute of limitations is up with this. They've announced yeah. that they're not pursuing it anymore. Like, it's very clearly, like, you could come out and brag about it, and no one's going to do anything. They can't. And yeah. so if it is that guy, he certainly didn't mention it in that tell-all-of-his-life book, and he's not saying anything now. People ask him all the time, and he's absolutely fervent that it's not him. But people do think he kind of looks like the composite. Right, uh, yeah. He's but, you know. he's definitely, like, been someone who's been a part of, like, really liberal progressive protests throughout his life in Japan, like, against social injustices and all sorts of like weird anti-war stuff um which is really cool but he definitely was involved in crime as well like he kind of mm -hmm. had this dual life definitely interested in reading the book yeah but yeah it it just it just stopped at one point they have this last letter and then that guy killed himself it's he's oh no the guy did kill himself and then he wrote the letter he says Yamamoto Shiga Prefecture Police has died how stupid of him We've got no friends or secret hiding place in Chiga. It's Yoshino or Shikata who should have died. What have they been doing for as long as one year, five months? Don't let bad guys like us get away with it. There are many more fools who want to copy us. No career Yamamoto died like a man. So we decided to give our condolence. We decided to forget about torturing food making companies. If anyone blackmails any of the food making companies, it is not us, but someone copying us. We are bad guys. That means we've got a lot more to do other than bullying companies. It's fun to lead a bad man's life. Oh, Signed, the monster with 21 faces. And that's the last they heard from them. I wonder, could it be a Zodiac situation where this person writing the letters actually had nothing to do with any of this stuff? They're but just they're reading just this stuff credit. in the news and they're writing these taunting letters pretending that they did any of it? I wonder. Well, I guess you I could because they, they, they did further. poison candy. So They did poison so. candy and they had a lot of details yeah. that like only I was just going to say, I feel like a lot of details yeah. came out. Yeah, the, it felt like those letters were so detailed. And then, I don't know, like the way things happened after the letters feels like they had to be connected. But yeah. maybe not. Like, I wonder what they moved on to. I know, right. I know. I really want to just the somewhere there's an archive of every single letter, and I really want to just spend a day looking into that and see if there's any other connections we can make because there are. I mean, there's other crimes in Japan, and there's other crazy yeah. crimes in Japan. If somebody really wanted to, they could sit down and possibly link things together. Yeah, but as like grandiose as they were with these letters, they clearly did a good job at evading everyone everyone Truly. so yeah, who knows who fucking knows who knows if this person's still doing that or if they're just like on an island somewhere in a little hammock drinking a coconut like i have no clue <laughs> but this whole this whole thing was only a year and a half at most and they had wow. 28 crimes 1.3 million investigators throughout five prefectures were working on this throughout the whole time prefecture is that like a, a precinct no it's uh it's like how would I say it? Like areas of Japan, oh, okay. like regions, regions of oh, Japan. Oh, okay, okay. And so like different prefectures will have different, you know, like you can't cross state lines and mm -hmm. have jurisdiction. Yeah. It's, yeah. But they're working together. They're trying to work together on this one. And they questioned 125,000 people, 20,000 tips came in. And apparently it was the first time in history that the Japanese National Police Agency hasn't made an actual arrest in a case which I think was a big part of why Yamamoto killed, killed himself. himself. Yeah. So sad. That is horrible. I feel so bad for that guy. I know. <laughs> he tried. Yeah, he didn't do anything wrong. 
I know, it's not his fault. Man, just to feel all that pressure and stress and be like, I'm out of here. That's so sad. Especially when nothing they did, they tried so many methods and nothing helped. Like, I think it was clearly a message about corporations. Like, I kind of wrote this note when I was stoning, like, corporations loom over us as giant monsters controlling more of our lives than we even understand. That's still true. Very true. And so this seemed like this was this guy or this group's way of telling corporations to, like, I don't know, treat check themselves? Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, think twice before they take advantage of, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, wake up, sheeple! The power that they have. Or... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what is this? I wish they would have been a little clearer about that. They had a lot of fun, but... Yeah, I was going to say, a little Give bit. me something here. <laughs> Put a line in one of the just letters. Something, just a crossword puzzle? I don't know. Anything at <laughs> Give all. Give us more. <laughs> Cypher. Doesn't matter. But no one's talking about this. I haven't heard. I found a couple podcasts. I didn't find any shows. There's nothing. I have I've never, never heard, of, heard of this, and it's fascinating. And that guy's like, still the head of Glico. Damn. Like, what? Who? What? Why aren't you talking about this more? Yeah, he's I, still the you head yourself. of Glico, and he went through all of that. Like, this should be a bigger discussion, right? Like, I would pull that shit out at every party. <laughs> For the rest of my life, I'd be like, you know, I was kidnapped once by the uh, man with or the monster with twenty faces. Every yeah. party, and like, I would go, I would like get a new dentist and be like, hey, the, yeah, I have a cavity, and also, I was kidnapped once by the monster with twenty faces. Like every, <laughs> every single person. person I met for the rest of my <laughs> life would know, brag that about that it, and no one could be mean to him about it because like you were <laughs> straight up kidnapped. Yep. You know, sorry. You kidnapped. You're brutalized. But that must get real annoying. I wonder if he ended up having any affairs on the side because that is a really good party story. Yeah. Maybe the ladies dug it. I might. I might. (laughs) I might be into it. I didn't know about this and somebody at a party told me this crazy story. I might go home with them. True. Plus, he's the president of a company of snacks I like. True. He's like got millions yeah. of dollars also yeah. on top of they're it. They're clearly doing oh. okay because now yeah. they're, they have their own facilities in America and other countries producing here even. Like it's, it's even yeah. bigger. So they yeah, they're definitely doing are okay now. Uh, but that is a harrowing experience. I'm sure his kids aren't happy about that. Yeah. And uh, that, was a, that was a pretty downer story, but I do have a couple short little lighthearted yes. mysteries if you'd like. We love that. Then one I knew love you'd it. really love I ran across on Reddit about Peoria, Illinois. Yes. So maybe I you'll saw even a picture know the and I was so like that looks like Adam Street <laughs> and I was like it is Adam Street. I think Street. wait, let me see. I'm so excited. It's uh the cross street is Jefferson Street if that sounds like something that you oh, can yeah. point in your yeah, brain. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's close to downtown. This is also a recent story, so if you know anyone that's still over there, like they might have seen this. This is from like three weeks ago. I'm going to ask everybody. If, I don't know if you know someone named Joshua Hoskins. Or no, I'm sorry, Joshua Hawkins. Excuse me. Sorry, Joshua. Neither. So <laughs> sorry, Joshua. Know either Joshua. He's an artiste. He's a painter. And he, of course, is looking for freelance work because we're in a pandemic and everything's horrible. And he gets one that's the best commission he's ever had financially it just seems too good to be true (laughs) and it was this man contacted him and his name was just nate no last name no picture nothing all he knows is this guy named nate says that he owns a building in peoria and he wants him to paint a mural on the main outside wall offers him 50 percent up front bought all the paint and then give him the rest when he comes and checks it out at the end so he's like, all right, sick. Goes and paints it, finishes it around Thanksgiving, like right after it maybe. And it's the picture that I sent you. It's a cookie monster standing before a furious skyline with the word. With it's in the Russian. Rainbow? <laughs> the rainbow. Uh, it's kind of like a, it almost looks like a rising sun a little bit. Uh, like uh-huh, those uh-huh. kind of, yeah. those, it looks like, actually, if you look at old Russian propaganda, they had that pattern. Oh, right. Yeah, and is Cookie Monster supposed to be like Godzilla size? I think so, yeah, because he's over the city, he's yeah. leaning over the city, and in Russian it says Peace Earth Cookies, which people in the comments <laughs> on Reddit who are Russian, <laughs> I know, we're saying it's based on the the phrase Peace Land and Bread, which is like a Bolshevik London phrase, so okay. it's okay. clearly saying something. Why Cookie Monster? I, I'm not sure. I know, I'm like, all the questions. <laughs> it reminds me of like... 
in uh, in some areas of LA, like Hi- in Highland Park, uh, all those old buildings that still have the hand painted signs that they haven't fucking gentrified yet. There's a lot of like knockoff Sesame Street characters and <laughs> SpongeBob. Like the look on that Cookie Monster's face is very reminiscent of that to me. Yeah. <laughs> But he Where it's like discount. Yeah, Sesame yes. Street. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sesame Lane. Sesame Lane. Sesame Circle. Sesame Lane. Sesame Lane. <laughs> Definitely that. And so he did that. Turned out great. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful mural. And he gives him the rest of the money. And so he, he got paid. He got paid. He totally got okay. paid. He got everything. And he's super stoked. But then after Thanksgiving, the real owner's coming home from his Thanksgiving with his family oh that God. he shouldn't have done. And he sees a mural in his building like, what the fuck is this? And he's super <laughs> mad. I would oh, personally no. be stoked. I was going to say, it was so building. ugly before. It was just white and dirty. Now you've yeah, got it was just Godzilla Look cookie monster with a cookie thing. rainbow. Yeah, and now yeah. you have people looking at your business. Like, this helps you a lot. He's yeah. straight up painted over it, though. I think the white that no. you're seeing is him painting over it, and it's still not fully Ugh. covered. So they um, have to rude. keep doing these layers, but he clearly doesn't know what he's oh, yeah, doing. He's just a total Scrooge. And he's not pressing charges at the end, but like he's still he's complaining about it. I was reading articles from I forget the name, the local paper you might like know the name of. The Journal Star. I think it was a Journal Star. <laughs> I think it was a Journal Star. Peoria Journal Star. Definitely baby. looked that up. It was yes, it was a Journal Star. <laughs> and he said, It wasn't a mural, it was graffiti. Now I'm the evil Grinch oh, getting please. hate mail. I don't hate art, but I but I don't know what the hell that was. And he's okay. getting a lot of backlash. Like, uh, people hate this guy now. People are like, you are the killer of fun. Yes. Yeah. I think that it that's It was a beautiful, colorful piece of art. It was not graffiti. And this guy sounds like he's just a grumposaurus and nobody needs him around. Grumposaurus. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. That's a, that's a scary monster. It is. That's what we should be scared of. Not the 100%. monster with 20 faces and not Cookie Monster Godzilla. It's grumposaurus. the grumposaurus. <laughs> But this, the very end of this is actually tied up with a nice little bow. It, there's still a mystery remaining here because somebody keeps putting up campaign signs, which I sent to you, uh, right by the wall for a deceased Peoria city councilman named Gary Sandberg. No idea who that is, but he is apparently beloved. Uh, and every time he takes them down, another appears. There's been six so far, and it's only been a few weeks. So oh. we're all team fake Nate and real Nate <laughs> is probably a dick. And that's probably why this is happening. Wait, I, Nate. now I really want to know, like, what is fake Nate trying to say first with the I cookie monster know. sign? And like, why does he love Gary Sandberg so much? And why I, does he hate real Nate so much? Other than I the know. fact that he's a dick. I do feel like he's like trying to take real Nate down in some way, but I don't understand his methods and I kind I of know. like it that way. Also, like, it's not like a business that he's managing. Like it's it's a commercial building that he owns, but it's not active. Oh, no. come on. So, That's even so, worse. So it's just kind of like this empty space that like maybe like he can work out of now and then. Like, yeah. And like it's maybe needs a mural. Maybe oh, it needs okay. a mural. It 100% needs a mural. I'm even more mad now that he's being a dick. Everyone find Joshua Hoskins. I keep calling him Joshua Hoskins. I'm sorry. Joshua Hawkins. I know he kept the money, but maybe maybe send him some likes. Send him some shares. He would not disclose it, but he he definitely pressed that it was the best that he's ever had. A payday. A payday. And the fact that they paid for all the materials, too, up front. Like, that was pretty cool. Hmm. Can someone come to me with that? I'm I'm open for <laughs> yeah, large mural I'm commissions. Um, I will not ask questions about who you are or your last name. I just looked <laughs> Joshua up on Facebook and we have four <laughs> mutual friends. Oh <laughs> Lauren, please, please, please send him a message. Uh, maybe even after this airs, like send him a link and yes. be like, hey, like I used to live in Peoria and uh, we, and we talked, about talked about you. About you. <laughs> yeah. Joshua, so. Sorry, I keep calling you the wrong name. I love you. Yeah, oh sorry, gosh. Joshua Hoskins Hawkins. <laughs> Do you think if they if he had tried to press charges, do you think that he would have won, or do you think Joshua would have won? I feel like Joshua would have won. Yeah, because right? Joshua didn't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I just don't feel pay like his argument back. was pretty fair. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck that guy. Fuck you, Nate. Yeah. If you're listening to this, I don't like you. We don't like real Nate. We don't like real Nate. Fake Nate, whoever you are, hit me up. 
You're my dog. You're my dog. (laughs) You're my dog. I have a question about your third unsolved mystery. Does it have anything to do with another monster? Because what a joy that would be. I wish, (laughs) unless you know what, if you count the drug industry as a monster. I do. You know, if we're going to get poetic about it, then yes. Yes. Also, if you count James Cameron as a monster because apparently he's terrible to work for, then that's even worse. There you go. We got our monsters. Yes. But this is a... <laughs> this is titled, Who Laced the Food on the Set of the Titanic Film with PCP? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh. Also, Titan, that's a monster. Boom. You're right. It. You're right. Wow. You know well what? Well done. Tra- trace monsters. Wow. Well Miko's done. clapping too. She's very impressed. <laughs> Damn. She's Thank like you. licking her butthole in excitement. <laughs> Good job, Miko. Um <laughs> This I really need to read more about this too because it's very very real. This is not some creepy pasta bullshit. There's articles in like Vanity Fair and entertainment and stuff of like them being interviewed. Cam- James Cameron and Bill Paxton interviewed saying these things. I so vaguely this remember this. Why don't I remember this? Why I don't, don't remember this? this at all. I'm so intrigued. It's just a regular day on set. They're about to have their crafty, their catered lunch and Whoever it was doing, I didn't get the name of the company, but they decided to make clam chowder. Maybe they're in like a nautical theme because of the movie. Right. I don't know, but weird okay. choice for set food. Uh, yeah. Probably wouldn't eat it. I probably would have been fine. I just wouldn't have eaten that. <laughs> I would have been like, I'll just take a salad. Thank Please you. give me the salad. Actually, a lot of food poisoning comes from salads. Oh, oh great. Goodness. Yeah. Well, good. I'll, then I'm I'll just going to go bread. eat my crap food <laughs> just, like yeah. I wanted to. <laughs> There's about 60 to 80 people from the set that are eating this clam chowder. And at first, everything seemed fine, normal lunch. But about 15 minutes later, people started absolutely freaking the fuck out. Oh, my God. Like, I can't barfing, crying, <laughs> laughing, like, just having extreme energy bursts. Just bonkers. <laughs> what? And even James Cameron's like, I thought that it was some sort of neurotoxin from a fish that they used in the chowder. And so he was like trying to make himself throw up even more and not like have a complete panic. There's also like a conspiracy about was it clam chowder? Was it lobster chowder? Was it whitefish chowder? Like, nobody seems to <laughs> what agree was the on it. <laughs> but I'm going to say clam. But they, they ate it, had the PCP, freaking out. They think it's food poisoning, even though it's not fucking possible. Because it takes a lot of time for your body to process that poison. Yeah. yeah. So this is clearly a dosing of some some sort. But there's people of all ages and types and like innocence levels here that have no fucking clue. They've never been high in any way at all. So they all rush to the hospital, all 60 to 80 people. And uh, no, Kate and Leo were not there. I'm so sorry. I was going to say. I, so that sorry. was going to be my next question. What about Kathy so Bates? Sorry. Did Kathy Bates? She was the not there. The unsinkable Molly Brown on some PCP. <laughs> Do we think Billy Zane was on PCP? Oh, my God. <laughs> Billy Zane probably dosed it. It used to it be very him. common in the 90s. Like Dentists yeah. used to use it. So oh, maybe just insane. Okay, so they all went to the hospital. They went to the hospital. Uh, they're they're wondering what it was. Nobody knows what it is. They they're still thinking it might be food poisoning. But the doctors are immediately trying to test this, uh, like how much of it, what's going on. Uh, is it a gallon of PCP? Perhaps I don't know. Um, they think maybe someone at Crafty put something bad in there, but it really ended up going to be a dead end in that sense it was not them at all they i don't know what evidence they found but it clearly wasn't them and it wasn't somebody that was currently on the set no it was not james cameron even though he's an asshole they think it was a disgruntled ex-employee he had like fired some dude the day before the day before for getting in a fight with the caterers so that seems pretty (gasps) obvious oh my gosh it's definitely that guy come on like how is he not arrested what did they prove that it was in the clam chowder? Did they test the they chowder? They did. They did. Okay. They test the chowder. And I mean, I'm saying it's PCP, but it really was more of a like a research chemical that was almost the same compound as PCP. So it's okay. it wasn't even like street PP PPP. <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> even, wasn't even straight PC, street PCP. My God. Uh, but that was, as I was saying, it was really like cheap in the 90s and it, it was actually used for sedation, like conscious sedation and dental work. So it was easier to find. Like somebody could easily get okay. that. Yeah. 
but it's highly addictive. We know that now. It's angel dust, highly addictive and very yeah. scary. So nothing to mess around with, know. asshole. And Jeez. if you are someone that does it, you wouldn't want to give up that big of a supply. That's a lot of PCB. Yeah, that's a lot. But so Leo wasn't there. I'm sorry, Cameron Paxton definitely affected. Uh, and they had some really interesting. <laughs> I don't know if they're lying or not because it sounds so. It just sounds like a movie, the way they're right. describing the hospital experience. But I'm going to take their word for it because I want to. They sure. all go to the hospital and, like, overwhelm the emergency wing of the hospital. <laughs> and everyone's still, like, freaking out. And they try to make these little cubicles out of those, like, classic hospital curtains. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone just stay in your cubicle. Just stay in your cubicle and we'll get to you. But, of course, no one can stay still. Everyone's, like, paranoid or anxious everyone's or very high. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> on PCB. What do you think's going to happen here? Handcuff them to the bed. I don't know what to tell you. They're running around. They're running around everywhere. Like, they're <laughs> straight up, like, running through the halls. And they're straight up passing out on gurneys. Uh, oh somebody God. started a an entire conga line. Oh, like not even you can't make this God. shit up. You cannot make this shit up. A very highly vocal conga line, as Cameron was or Cameron had said, like they were singing, <laughs> like they were actually singing at full show tune volume. I believe that. I'm feeling <laughs> mo- movie people on some angel dust, like they get real rowdy. They're they already do. actors, like they're having a good time. There, I mean, some people were. Some people were having a great fucking time and laughing, but then other people couldn't handle it. Like, well, somebody sure, yeah. stabbed James Cameron in the face with a pen. <gasps> what? Oh. I don't know. But he was just bleeding and laughing. Like, it, he, it didn't even anger like, him register. at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. at all. <laughs> Damn. And they, they talk about it in jest. Like, they had a, they didn't have a great time, but they did have a great time, and they clearly went right back to filming the movie. Well. So, yeah. they, do, jokingly, I think this is the best part of the story. If you remember Gloria Stewart, who's the old lady that drops the necklace, I was yeah, gonna ask about her. A la Britney Spears referencing that. Yeah. <laughs> Very vaguely in her song. Uh everyone jokes around saying, Oh, it's probably Gloria Stewart because she was there, but she didn't eat the chowder. Oh, oh shit. the perfect crime. She just sits there Not looking me. like the innocent old lady. Like, ooh, me? I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was going to ask about her as soon as you said that Bill Paxton was one of the people. Then I thought like, oh, that's why it wasn't, you know, Billy Zane or <laughs> Kate and Leo because they were shooting the present day scenes. So exactly. that means little old lady was there. I mean, she's primed for it. No one suspects she could just shuffle around and act real weak if she needs to. I commend her. If it was her, I want to know how she got Bravo. the PCP. And I yeah. would love to shake her little dead hand because she's not <laughs> alive anymore. <laughs> if it was her, she would be in our next women throughout history that you should have yes. heard about it, but haven't. Yes. Because she'd need to be number one on our next episode. You definitely you. already had some great women. She would fit right in there. <laughs> <laughs> Same level we, of influence. Yeah, this woman fought for our freedoms. And this woman poisoned the set of the Titanic <laughs> with PCP. With PCP. Isn't that great? Isn't history wonderful, everyone? History is wonderful. And all three of these mysteries were amazing. You killed it. I'm Robert Stack. You're welcome. (laughs) Yes, you brought it. Perhaps you can help me solve a mystery. (laughs) Blair is amazing. I am just so in love with her. She kills me. Blair, thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of our finale. Also, you know what? We should mention that immediately after we recorded this, all three of us were texting and had the realization of, oh, my God, what if there is no fake Nate? And <laughs> that Joshua Hawkins made up this it entire all. story to promote to get his art to show. Check out his art. Yes. I'm convinced. Yeah, I had not even thought of that theory, and now it's all I can think about. Because, of course, he held an art show all based around this rumor. Like, he posted the newspaper clippings and said, yup, I'm that Joshua, so come to my art show and we'll talk about it. And I was like, oh, dang. But I love it. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm still team fake Nate regardless. Even if he did make it up, I'm still on his side. Totally. We love you, Blair. We do love you, Blair. That's all the time we have this episode for Keep It Weird. We hope that the monsters of Christmas past taught you many lessons. And also that they weren't as creepy as the fucking ghost of Christmas past in A Muppet Christmas Carol. Because (laughs) that thing should be illegal. Agreed. 
That movie should be rated R for yeah. ridiculously scary child baby puppet ghosts. For being one of the scariest things I have ever seen as a child. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? You still have two more ghosts to visit you before Christmas is through and before you change your ways for good. You know where to follow us, you know where to donate to our show, and you know where to buy our merch. But just in case you don't, head to our Instagram, at KeepItWeirdCast. Click the link in our bio, and it will give you the links to everything else. Yay! We hope you are able to say bah humbug to 2020, and that you have a very Merry Christmas indeed. We love you, and keep it weird. Keep it weird. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Want to see how low my voice could go. Do you? Um, okay.